Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a surprise episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel, and I'm surprised. Yes, uh, very surprised. I was like, Joel, are you free for a show? He's like, uh, yeah, so we're, we're doing it. We're in. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, for those who are not in the know, uh, and by in the know, I mean have access to a phone or a computer, um, so Jeff Johns is leaving his role as chief creative officer. Yes, he's stepping down. As uh, like he was a president too, co-president. Oh yeah. Of DC Entertainment. And uh, chief creative officer, which I think is a title they invented solely for him. No, well, yeah, well, yes. I think that I think that job was a invented for Jeff Johns and then b copied by Marvel for Joe Quesada yes. to do the same thing. Yeah. Though, honestly, for the life of me, I have no idea what what Joe Quesada is doing at Marvel. Like, I really have no freaking idea, besides collecting a check and having his name as the executive producer on a bunch of Netflix shows. Like, I have no idea what he does. I, I think it's a keep your friends close title is what it is. It's a put this on your business card. We're showing how important you are to the company as a whole, but you don't have to actually do all that much. Right. We won't. Uh, we won't try. We'll try to stay on focus or on on message here today. So Jeff John stepped down, and uh, he is going to be still working for DC. I had a couple of uh, yeah. tweets at me earlier that were misinformation. People were like, "Well, why is Jeff John's leaving DC? What does that mean?" I'm like, "He's not leaving DC. He's leaving the executive roles and parlaying them into other stuff. Other stuff. What are the other things? Uh, he's he scripted Wonder Woman two. He's writing a Green Lantern Corps movie." Uh, He's opening his own production company now for movies. Production company, and that production company is the biggest for me information about uh, his future because it involves movies and also comic books. Yeah, to so, to me that uh, sounds like oh he got to hang out on all those Warner Brothers sets and he was tired of people not listening to him because he was just a comic book guy. So he was like, fun, I'm going to start my own production company. Then you'll have to listen to me. <laughs> Thank you, Joe D. And also the question for me is, um, will this be like, God, what is the name of his production company? It's like mad something. Oh, Killing Zone. Killing Zone. No, no, that's something else. He's doing. Uh, oh, is it real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me, well, in any case, I'll pull it up in a minute. But the fact is he is, uh, making this like this other creative thing that w- that might work in comics. The question is, will he be making his own comics? Is he going to be doing the kind of thing that like the Miller verse is doing? Did he see what Mark Miller's deal is over at Netflix or whatever? Not Netflix, mm. but whatever company he's working with. Netflix, I think. Yeah, he did like, get a Netflix deal. Yeah, where he's like, I'm going to make comics and those comics will be spun into Netflix shows. I will take a huge chunk of that money 
And I want yes, you that. Should. I mean, I wouldn't blame him for wanting a piece of the Miller pie. No, of course not. Especially as you know, the future of comic books gets shakier and shakier. You need to diversify your portfolio and get involved in other businesses. Yeah, Mad Ghost Productions. Thank you. Yes, it's Mad ah, Ghost. That's a good name. So uh, that might just be like instead of calling it like Jeff Johns Incorporated, it might just be mm-hmm. like when you want to work with Jeff Johns, you have to contract Mad Ghost, and that way he can also like uh, he can get some kind of tax status, and he can also probably. Right. Um, like hide employees in there if he wants to, if he wants his <laughs> wife to work for the company and get insurance. Because who wouldn't? Um, but interesting uh, developments here. So, the so okay, at the end of the day, Johns is still going to write a Shazam book. Yes, which apparently he's been working on forever. It's one of the three properties that he put aside for himself as president and said, you cannot touch these. These are mine. These are my stories to tell. Now, that's the thing. Okay, so Jeff Johns has been notoriously keeping a few major significant DC properties to himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will those be affected? I say no. I think really, you don't think so. I think the things that he was working on, that he was developing, this includes Three Jokers, uh, the Legion of Superheroes, um, Doomsday Clock, and Shazam. All those things are still going to come out. They're still going to be written by uh, Jeff Johns. They're still going to be published by DC. They're still going to be big tentpole stories or big important things in the DC publishing line. But the fact that he is so behind or they are so behind with uh doomsday clock the fact that so many different stories are hamstrung by his i bet that was the straw yeah i I think i think we might see some loosening of that grip now that he's no longer an executive in charge of these things i agree i bet the doomsday clock thing and all its very public pushbacks were probably the you know inciting incident for the powers that be at that company be like look man be a creator be a president you cannot do both interesting because i think that it is a sign of or it could be a sign of some major dc leadership changes and maybe some significant Mm. title shifts for dc as a publisher Uh, well i think it has to now yeah well the reason i say that is because let's look at the timeline here january 2018 walter hamanda is installed as the new president of DC Films. So DC yes. Films has a brand new head of that company, of DC Films. He doesn't have anything to do with the comics, but he is the new president of the movie arm. Uh, by the way, Hamanda had mostly done horror movies. Yes, um, that's right. And uh, he also worked on things like Final Destination, Nightmare on Elm Street. Fred and and he's installing a bunch of people from horror movies, that whole, you know, big team genre to try and, you know, kick the movie division in the arm. Yes, it's true. Um, what that means for DC films, I don't know. I'm not going to talk about the movies too, too much unless it's through the lens of like, what will Jeff Johns be doing with them? Um, by the way, really quick, uh, Mod King Mopey, if they make Bendis the next CECO, I'm out. Um, ah. Getting Arthur the Lobster off topic. I know people are pooping on GameStop selling comics, but I think it'll be uh, it'll bring comics to places where local CBSs wouldn't be feasible. I agree Agreed. with you on that one. Uh, you're definitely one hundred percent. There's a yeah. There's a GameStop ones. in every mall. There's not a comic store in every mall. It's true. Uh, now that being said, you're gonna see like those companies pick and choose what books will be there. You're gonna see some like it won't be a nice big menagerie of titles and 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 publishers. It's gonna be the books that sell. Um, or at least the ones they think will be the most popular. Uh, by the way, interesting thing about the GameStop thing, they are working through Diamond. So 
that will unfortunately not change the distribution model too, too much. So GameStop is still going to be working with Diamond. You're still going to see your books through there. It will not disrupt or change any of the Diamond. The Diamond thing was what interested me the most. I'm like, oh, man, if GameStop is selling without, you know, Diamond hanging over their head, that would be really something for the industry. Yes. So Walter uh, Hamanda becomes the head of DC Films in January. February, Bendis signs an exclusive deal with DC. He moves away from Marvel, works with DC. Shakes the industry. And by the way, not to any like low-key version of fanfare or... like Bendis moving to DC was a big upset for everybody, and I think a surprise... I think a big surprise for the Marvel people as well. Oh, yeah. Now, I have, I have never made it a secret that I've always thought that Bendis was gunning for the, uh, for the um, head of Marvel position. It only made sense. Yeah, uh, for the editor-in-chief position at Marvel. I think that uh, they were looking for a big change, and they didn't offer it to him, and so he left. And that's not confirmed. This is only speculation on my part, so don't quote me on that, or at least if you want but to quote me. But it's educated speculation. Yeah, exactly. But if you do quote me, at least quote the parts that say this is speculation. Um, <laughs> By the way, Artsy with a Lobster, I also guarantee uh, always carrying movie-based books. Well, no question about that. Well, yeah, they, um, they've even said that in the thing. It's going to be key issues and multimedia blitz issues is what they're going to be yes. carrying. But Bendis leaving Marvel in February after the big DC films change means they must have dangled a significant carrot in front of Mar- in front of Brian Michael Bendis because oh god, yeah, Bendis could literally do anything and write any book he wanted it, at Marvel. It's it's pretty clear that, you know, he's uh, he's getting carte blanche where he is now. So there had to have been quite the battle. Right. And I, I don't know. I don't know if Bendis was clamoring to write anyone outside of Superman. So mm. if it was the case that Brent, that Bendis was lured to D.C. for other reasons, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that D.C. and D.C. films have a much tighter relationship than Marvel Comics and Marvel Films. Yeah, and I think that D- that Bendis had kind of eased into a very comfortable position with the movie studios, with Marvel Studios, when it was in its infancy. He was an elder statesman. Well, he wrote scenes. He wrote. He 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 polished scripts. He was in all for all intents and purposes like a Hollywood guy working the, on the, major the movies. Took franchises. huge reference from the Ultimate Universe, which was his. Yeah, he influenced the movies, and then also literally worked on those movies. Invited to the set. Tweak dialogue, change things up. This was, I think, for him, a lateral or maybe even upward shift from comics to movies. It was going to be a career change for him, or at least a career shot in the arm for him. As Marvel Comics and Marvel Studios started to separate, I think that Bendis' role, having been diminished, also made him a little bit more frustrated with Marvel. And that might have also lured him away. But why would he leave one company that doesn't want to make his movies or let him make the movies for another company that wouldn't want to make it, let him make movies? Well, with Jeff Johns connected to the movie arm with DC films and DC comics being very connected and close, I was thinking maybe the fact is they were okay with letting Bendis work on some of these movies. Maybe Bendis will have an influence over the DC or at the very least DC inspired Warner's side of movie making. It, it could would, only help them at this point. It's true, but it also might be a good reason why Bendis left. But the, these are the reasons why I put them all together. So we get this new dude at DC Films. Bendis signs an exclusive at DC in February. June, Diane Nelson, DC Entertainment President, is out. Yep. Leaves the job. I And have, have they ever confirmed for any real reason why she left? 
Oh, I want to say they did, but I can't quite recall. Like as I rec- as I thought, she voluntarily left, but for all we know, that could be doublespeak. We never we don't know. Yeah. But uh, Diane Nelson, who's an institution, a major player at DC, gone off the table. Um, yep. And they replaced her with a temporary replacement, uh, Thomas Goecki. Yes, I remember that name now. <clears throat> I don't know Thomas Goecki from Adam, so I have no idea, but. Thomas Goecki is technically, he was chief digital officer, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, yeah. I well, want to well, say, yeah. But when Nelson left, didn't they say that it was only like a, like a part-time thing, that it was less like a temporary leave of absence? Yeah. But she is leaving for good. That's it. Yeah. So, but uh, Thomas Goecki was their chief digital officer and then became their temporary DC Entertainment president until they can find a suitable replacement. Mm-hmm. This happens literally five days ago. Today, Jeff Johns, DC Entertainment President and Chief Creative Officer is out. Jim Lee is the new Chief Creative Officer, not DC President. No, 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 no. He's just running the ship, apparently. So, right now, we don't, we're at DC, right? We have no president outside of a temporary person who was working on the digital arm of DC. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... And Which was a good arm, mind you. It was a completely different studio in a completely different state, but they were pretty good for what they did. I speak very highly of DC Digital. Oh, absolutely. No, uh, Goecki, I think, did a nice has been doing a nice job because I've never heard his name before this. And mm-hmm. if you're doing your job well, they shouldn't hear about you unless like they want to honor you as opposed to when you screw up, then they definitely throw <laughs> your name under the bus. Um, yeah. But these four major changes, right? New DC Films president, Bendis, Diane Nelson leaves, Jeff Johns now gone. Yep. And by gone, I must say, you know, just to clarify, he is still working for DC. He is in a pretty big capacity. Books, and in a big capacity. Uh, I just found out today, he is right, uh, the, the Three Jokers thing will be addressed in a book. Called Separate The Three book. Jokers. Called The Three Jokers, which... Which, like, I mean, why not? We've been asking forever, hey, when's that Three Joker story coming? Uh, apparently it's coming and it's going to be a book. It's very weird that they were going to do that. I know there was a lot of speculation. I don't know about any conf- confirmation, but definitely speculation that said that The Three Jokers is going to be addressed in a book, like in an event, in a story, maybe Doomsday mm-hmm. Clock. But yeah. no, it's its own book. So Jeff Johns yep. is going to still write and work and create things for DC... But dude is uh, more of a free agent than ever before. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it makes sense. I think, you know, as we've said before with the DC Rebirth Initiative, it was great. But also, man, they did about four years worth of work in two. I bet he's tired. This is true. He could be fatigued. It could be the argument that could be made that maybe everybody who I listed here was just tired or done. Maybe the DC film's president. Well, we know why they're gone. But yeah. uh, Maybe the reason why Diane Nelson left is because she was just sick of working there or she was or or she didn't want to do it anymore or she had some better offer or something like that. Maybe Jeff Johns is the exact same thing. The fact that Possibly. there is only a five day difference means there was coordination. That says something. It says, I think, because there's no way that Johns didn't know she was leaving. There's no way she didn't know that he was leaving mm-hmm. within the five day week. So there's no way that this isn't, I think a sign of significant editorial and uh, executive upheaval at DC. Most definitely. The thing I have to wonder moving forward, one thing that, you know, you have to give Johns a ton of credit for in his tenure, which was a short tenure, right? It was only about two years. Yeah. 
one of the things you got to give him credit for is he definitely seemed to be a peacemaker and a bridge builder more than any other D.C. president before him. He got people back who swore they would never work with D.C. again. He got Rucka writing Wonder Woman again. He got Gail Simone back writing some stuff, uh, worked a deal out with uh, Gaiman so they could. Okay, I was going to say uh, he, he was a peacemaker and yes. a bridge builder, got a bunch of creators back that we thought would never work with DC again, uh, had Greg Rucka write Wonder Woman, got Gail Simone back writing things, uh, worked out something with Gaiman so they could have Dream in Dark Knight's Metal. Right, right, right. Um, I haven't heard any word about Morrison, Gaiman, anything like that, so I don't expect them to start ele- being elevated into these roles, but... You're definitely not wrong about Jeff Johns being a positive force within the company, creatively and uh, executively speaking. The dude Mm -hmm. knew how to foster relationships, uh, produce good books. The fact that there's so many great ideas coming out of DC right now, that that huge drop of like the Black Label stuff from that all the way to Vertigo's resuscitation, you know that he had a hand in it. You know he was a positive force for change. He was a real creator's first present because, well, he was a creator himself. Right, exactly. Um, that will th- – the question is where the change or rather the impetus for change is coming from. Mm. Is it coming from internal? Because we also have to think about the fact that like – okay, so let's look at it just superficially. DC Comics is a publishing company that is owned by Warner Brothers. They make books. They're trying to sell books at uh, – they're trying to sell the most books for the most amount of money to the most amount of people. So uh, they're trying to make books that appeal to everybody and trying to make like really, really good good comics, superficially speaking. Like that's yeah. the mantra. We've got to make good books for, for, for everybody. Um, these decisions – Probably, I mean, every no decision made in a company isn't made. No decision made in a company is made without considering making more money. So, absolutely, you know, why would this be a change? And the, and so one could argue that uh, Johns is looking at a at, a, at an increased um, role in the movies and the TV arm, and he's like, I don't have time to be president right now. And I'm making more writing like Doom Patrol shows and Titans shows and movies like Wonder Woman 2. It's it's very funny to see a guy being like, look, I need to step down as president of this comic book company so I can devote more time to comic books. Right, which is interesting. Um, By the way, Aaron, uh, Ian Ian Atelli saying maybe that uh, Diane is getting a spot in Johns' company. Mm. Maybe. I mean, stranger things have happened. I I feel like we'll see. I feel like if it was going to happen, they probably would have made that announcement twofold. It would have been like, looking right. forward to working with Diane in a more uh, increased capacity, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but who, who knows? Um, <laughs> it's like working at your job being like, hey, man, we're going to walk out together, you and me, man, out that door. We'll show them. When right, you but, like, but why walk out? And so and he's not really walking out. He's just walking down the hall to another office. It, it, well, he's giving up an office. Now he's just going to be like the, the, the guy who writes these books and also works on these movies over there. Now, mm. maybe he has an increased relationship with Walter Hamada. Who knows? Um, but and by the way, I should drop my my um, my suggestion here. Uh, they want a comics guy in an increased role, and if my theory was correct that Bendis wanted an executive job at Marvel, you know, uh, Bendis could be DC president. Wouldn't that be something? Maybe, and it could have been a, uh, and these are all speculations, by the way, but it could have been 
a uh, a Conan Leno situation where uh, right. John's brought in Bendis and he's like, listen, I know you're unhappy over there, and I know that you wanted to be an executive over there. I'm leaving in a f- in a, in uh, I'm leaving at the end of this year or the beginning of this year. Yeah, you know, uh, and maybe they'll be more comfortable with me leaving if you t- occupy my seat because you're, you're a comedy guy. Sh- exactly, and you're a shrewd businessman, and you know what you're doing. So right now, it could be that, or it could be I'm leaving. I'm increasing my role over at the movie arm, and I'm going to like bring you over shortly thereafter. So don't worry. Like just, you know, make a big splash at DC, talk about uh, doing crazy, you know, stuff with Superman. And then, and then I'll bring you back over to the movie. I'll I'll send for you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Uh, Luis Ezigan saying, uh, so he's not president. Can he be director in chief? Um, Oh, editor in chief. Yeah. I mean, like that's the thing I don't, who's editor in chief of DC. Is there even, I think Bob Harris is still technically, Still, after all these years. DC's editor-in-chief, but DC's editor-in-chief and Marvel's editor-in-chief, very different. Uh, Marvel's yeah. editor-in-chief actually does a lot of stuff. Bob, like, I think uh, I think technically the editor-in-chief of DC really doesn't have a lot of power. It's kind of like the monarchy no. in England. Like, it's it's more of a it's more of an honorary title, but I think Bob Harris is still technically the, the editor-in-chief of DC Comics. Even though right. the fact that we've talked about Bob Harris, like, maybe once in, like, the past three years should indicate, like, what kind of role he plays. Mm-hmm. But that being said, here's another theory. So we talked about, so John's leaving, uh, Nelson's leaving, Bendis is in, uh, there's a new guy at DC Films. Um, first of all, congratulations to Jeff Johns on making this change. And yeah. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that he's like excited about this move and maybe he is tired and maybe he is just like overwhelmed and this will hopefully allow for him to uh, re-energize and focus more uh, effectively and like completely into his projects and i hope mm. that's and, and maybe too maybe being a boss didn't suit him is the thing maybe being more of a creative maybe he didn't like telling all his other creative friends no on certain things right it's true maybe he was like i i know what would or maybe it's just being the being the boss is tough and being like yeah. that's a really really good idea that's a really good idea but it won't sell and i can't say yes to it yeah, I'm sorry I have to shoot down this dream. I would love to let you do it. Right, that would hurt my heart to have to say that. Uh, Brevin Campbell saying, yeah, I definitely think Bendis is going to eventually take over now that Johns is lowering himself. And Alan Osborne saying, I know you gave your opinion on Off the Rack of Man of Steel number two, but are you worried about the future of Superman under Bendis' sway? If you want to know more about that, watch our episode of Off the Rack, which just which will be released tomorrow. Um, I'll mm. talk more about that in depth in that episode, uh, I definitely give you a lot of information about that there. I don't want to lose our our steam, so um, <laughs> sorry for, for for moving on, but I have to. Uh, the fact is, I think that it's good for Johns, but is it good for DC? What do you think? I don't know, man. Yeah, again, it comes at an interesting time too. You know, we've heard rumors swirling of a new crisis coming soon. We've heard rumors of DC having its own fresh start or creative refresh, where apparently they're going to be rejiggering a bunch of the big books, including Green Lantern, a series that Johns has been connected to since you know for such a long time now. Yeah. Uh, 
Stephen Othman saying, what do you think a Bendis-led DC would look like? I think it would look pretty much like this. I think that... Yeah. I think you'd see an increased effort in Vertigo titles because the dude has a lot of experience with indie titles himself. I think that you'd yep. see him hopefully foster some good relationships with all the great, incredible, powerful creators that he's had in the past. I think mm -hmm. he might try and open doors and build bridges himself. I mean, he's had the influence of, of uh, or the ear of the editor-in-chief of Marvel when they like basically rebuilt Marvel from the ground up. Um, yep. He's made a lot of friends. He's, he's made a great uh, name for himself as it were, I think he'd probably do a pretty good job. Um, yeah. Because it's not, a, like, whether you like Bendis' writing or, or, or not, you can't deny that he is a success and that he doesn't love comics. Mm -hmm. And just because he doesn't necessarily know what to do with Iron Man doesn't mean that he doesn't necessarily know how to sell books at DC Comics. And, and how the industry works and how to be a shrewd businessman behind the scenes as well. And I hope that, and I, and I hope if we were to see that future come to pass, that Bendis would be a good choice because I, I was the one who was championing him becoming editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. I thought it was a it's great true. move for him. And I'm sad to see that it didn't work out. Um, even though we don't even know if it didn't work out. We just know that he didn't get that job. Um, yeah, we're just assuming. And uh, DBK Alejo saying Jeff was the best thing coming out of DC Rebirth. Arguably, yes. I don't think anyone would deny that. Like, DC Rebirth wouldn't exist without Johns. It was clearly his thing. And I think when we look back 10, 20 years down the line to the DC Rebirth era, we'll be sure to remember that, oh, yeah, that was Johns pushing for that. Right, exactly. Um so, uh, getting Arts of the Lobster. Sometimes I found that, like with John, stepping into a smaller role is good for them. Less pressure, more freedom, and nice uh, change of, uh, of scenery helps. I agree yeah. with you. Um, and I hope that's true. I hope that, like, any slipping or any quality dips or changes that you might have seen from John's over the past, like, two years uh, will definitely be, be, be reduced now that he is just focusing on creating. Um, yeah. But he's also working on these big movies, which will take a lot of effort, time, and distractions. So most deaf. You know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect to see John's like writing a Legion of Superheroes ongoing series mm -hmm. in the next six months. I would expect. Yeah, maybe, not right away, at least. Yeah, I would expect like him to like you know cross off these projects and then see where the next what the next exciting thing is is uh, is for him. That said, really quick, a lot of people are asking this. Doomsday Clock, for all we know, is still on. It's still being uh, being pushed. It's still going to happen, and there's no reason for it not to. Uh, you know, Jeff Johns was the creative and executive driving force behind it, but he and Jim Lee worked together uh, very, very closely, and Jim Lee now being the chief creative officer, I have no reason to expect Doomsday Clock to disappear from the slate. It yeah. also is one of the big sellers for that, for that publisher, so there's no yes. reason to suspect that Doomsday Clock's going anywhere. Even even with the delays, it's still in, you know, the top five, top three. Yeah. Uh, Tevi asking, isn't this for the movies, not the comics? I'm lost. Jeff is leaving the comics uh, job of being chief creative officer and president, and he is instead going to be just writing books and working yeah. on, a, on a more creative level for the movies as well. Yes. So he's just basically becoming more of like a free agent that writes that, that writes books. And right. movies. Um, and he has a friend who's now the chief creative officer. So, you know, which always helps. And again, hey, Lee, Lee, obviously long history working in comics behind the scenes and as a creator. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Exactly. I have no reason. Well, I have a little bit of a reason to be worried about Jim Lee being the head of or the chief creative officer of D.C. But 
he also helped create Wildstorm, and he was one of the original founders of Image Comics. Yep. And, but but he was also kind of like the impetus or the co-impetus behind the New Fifty Two. So I'm like, and also oh. that. So I, and Wildstorm needed to be acquired by DC and image mm-hmm. ultimately became like a movie pitch studio. So like, I don't really know if Jim Lee will be able to do it, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely cautiously optimistic. about. It. I can see it now. The callers are back. Callers for everyone. Yeah, again. Callers. Mod King Mopey saying, I don't think anyone deserves CCO more than Lee. Um, I, I would, I would have to come up with a list, but like Lee has been working as an executive forever. So there's no reason to, wonder why he would get that job and there's no reason to be to be worried about it i think you know the the ship is still going in the right direction now that being said there's another theory that uh that i wanted to toss out there because the reason why i mention hamanda bendis nelson johns lee all these things is because on tuesday tuesday the judge will be making his decision about the at&t time warner merger that's right. Tuesday. So five mm. days ago, Nelson leaves an executive role at DC. Today, Johns leaves an executive role at DC. Mm. Tomorrow, they're gonna be the judge will be declaring whether or not AT&T will be merging with Time Warner. Or if Time Warner might just be able to merge with AT&T as long as it makes a few concessions. What kind of concessions would Time Warner need to make in order to make such an acquisition? Well, we could break Time Warner up into smaller companies. Like, oh, I don't know, DC Comics could be separated from Warner Brothers. And become its own independent thing. Become its own publisher again. Like it was in 1980, what, three, two, By before? God. I feel like... What times we live in, Sal? Yeah, it'd be silly for us not to talk about the concept of what if the what if all of this is all connected? Because we all love our conspiracy theories and we're comic book fans and everything. What let's, if it's all connected? let's get the string board and the whiteboard out and let's connect some dots. What if it's all connected? And all these executives know that the writing is on the wall. DC will be acquired by another company, or it will fold. And I don't want to be on this sinking ship anymore. Gotta get out while the getting's good. Right? Because Johns could say, well, I have this little company. I'm a free agent. I made all these books. I've got this great resume. If anybody wants to hire me or if any, if I want to make, if I want to get the Miller deal and get gobbled up by Netflix and just produce a bunch of books and put those out, like it would be definitely smarter than being the executive or chief creative officer of nothing. It gives you a chance to wash your hands, too, and be like, I tried my best. My name is Saul. This is between y'all. Right. Well, it also says, like, I knew to get out when the getting was good. So. Yeah. That's my other question is, are they all connected? And if so, what does that mean? I guess we'll know in 24 hours, won't we? Right. I guess so. Yeah. By the end of tomorrow, we could be saying like, I can't believe we thought maybe DC might be broken up and, and yeah. be its own thing. Uh, what a silly theory. Uh, and we're never going to see something like that again. Um, or we could be doing another fucking live show tomorrow. <laughs> be like, oh my God, can you believe this happened? What does it mean? Now it does up say, is down, black is white. Now it does say um, this was 
mentioned on the Elseworlds Exchange, and we do happen to mention a few things that happen. So before we, we have a track record of predicting the future. Uh, Wes Morris saying, I'm late to the episode. Is John's leaving? What's going to happen? Uh, don't worry, Wes. Uh, John's is leaving as an executive, but he's staying to keep making the books he's already making, and he's going to continue to make books. There's a Shazam book he's working on that's coming out. He's doing a yeah. Green Lantern Corps thing. He's working on Wonder Woman two. He's doing a lot of different stuff, so he's very busy, and he will still be consider. He will still be staying with DC. Um, he's just not the top boss anymore. Right. Uh, by the way, getting Arthur the Lobster also. And remember what our very outspoken president has said about the merger and threatened multiple times to stop it because he doesn't like yeah. one of them. Good point. Forgot about that. Um, now, thankfully, I don't think he has much of an influence over that. He can influence it from the side, but he can't directly affect the outcome of that merger. But uh, he could definitely say things that influence other people and make people change their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, Pig Daddy saying, "Isn't the Killing Zone Jeff Johns' new imprint? That's his imprint, but his company's called something else, and I don't remember what the hell it was. But it was Mad Ghost. Mad Ghost. Um, Mad Ghost and Killing Zone. Really? The, yeah, these are the names you went with? Early prophetic titles. I know, right? I'm like those sound very dour and dark. What headspace were you in when you wrote these? Right. And uh, Justin Beckford saying Disney's going to try and buy to see it, DC if they break off. Joel, would they immediately, or would they like? wait to see Comcast try and buy it or, or, or Amazon. They, they would be silly not to put a, not to put a bid in. I'm sure that someone there is watching this very closely. It's like, Hey, Hey, uh, president of Disney, we could own it all. Yeah. We could be, we could have all the superheroes and the star Wars and, and we could star just Wars. like, we, we could own boy, boy brands. Imagine if we could promise people Batman versus Iron Man in the future and make it happen. Yeah. Which they could do anyway without having to do this, by the way, everybody. It's so frustrating to have to they just have to play nice. <laughs> just have to just have to say we all make out. We all make money. Yeah. But we'll talk about that another time. I think we should do a whole episode where we talk about like not even that. What if DC is bought by Disney, but more more accurately, if companies just behaved like human beings, we could have everything we want. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. Not in this lifetime. <laughs> no. Uh, this, yeah. No. Um, so, we, so this is the episode. The episode was simply just us saying, like, yo, uh, Johns is leaving uh, the, the executive roles of DC, and maybe all it means is Jeff Johns is entitled to a break, and yeah. he just wants to write cool stories. And maybe he was, like, starting to write the Three Jokers book, and he got distracted because he had to take 16 calls. And he was like, oh, I don't uh, want to do this anymore. And he just bailed. He was like, you know what? Diane Nelson has a good idea. I'm going to go too. Maybe it's all coincidental. Maybe maybe these people all just got better offers or just wanted to take a break. Maybe that's true. Possibly. Or maybe timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And all these seismic shifts at DC are an indicator that the Time Warner deal and the AT&T deal is not going to work. Or it will work if Time Warner is broken up into multiple companies. It's all connected, man. It all means something. Hashtag it's all connected. I don't know, but I'd love to know what your thoughts are out there. So let us know in the comments or uh, in this episode what you think. Uh, what does it mean? Is it just a coincidence or is it a big friggin' conspiracy? We'll know in the next little bit. So I'm looking forward to finding out and talking about it again. But, uh, Most definitely. Thank you all for hanging out with us. And uh, Joel, thank you so much for uh, oh, indulging me and doing this impromptu episode. 
I, I skipped the Ubisoft conference to be here, oh, well, which isn't a big deal. Quite a bit. <laughs> oh, I know, right? If the Square Enix uh, thing was any indicator, you, you really well, missed it. Will there be a new Assassin's Creed this year like there is every year? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, thanks a lot for watching, everybody, and we'll see you guys next time here on the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. Bye-bye. <laughs>